test of the hidden. Test of the hidden. And I, I, uh, I'm always amazed before I start that uh, my, uh, <clears throat> my daughter's in her senior year in New York and uh, college. She came down yesterday with girlfriends from Connecticut, Miami, New York. And, uh, to make a long story short, she hit the road early this morning while it was still dark. And uh, I was up, but I couldn't sleep if I wanted to. Now, uh, when my kids are on the highway at night, it's hard for me to sleep. And God tests us with the hidden. And sometimes we don't have proof that everything's going to be all right. But we are enriched with his promises and his presence and his power. Amen? And uh, so I got this text early this morning. I'm back. I said, great. Praise the Lord. And God is so good. I, 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 I need to be open and honest with you. I'm not, amen, fully persuaded in every area. Can I get a witness? I'm not fully, fully. There are, there are some areas of fears that can mess up me being fully persuaded but I'm growing. Do I have a witness? Yes. Hallelujah. I'm growing. Now, I know you fully persuaded. I'm not fully persuaded. I'm just, uh, praise the name of Jesus. And we thankful from whom all blessings flow. Now, today we're in James chapter 3, a test of the hidden. James chapter 3. We're going to look at, amen, the test of the tongue for our words, the test of our temperament. Mm-hmm for our walk, and the test of our triumph for our worship. Look at things, we, we here at St. Matthew's preach the whole counsel of God, not naming it and claiming it. Come on now, we, we want everybody to matriculate, mature, become, amen, being able to manage themselves under the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So look, look, look what it says. Um, verse three, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. And, and, and so I'm going to use this as a diving board to deal with the test that God places in our lives. Satan tempts to destroy us. God tests to develop us. Can I get a witness? Tests are given in school to measure one's level of knowledge and apprehension to a particular subject. And these tests are designed to develop, deepen our insights and also to disclose one's actual place and outcome. If I never take a test, I, as a student, will never know what I have apprehended. And, and some tests are cumulative, meaning that by the time you get to a midterm or final, you got to rehearse and repeat and go back to the original test because it's all cumulative. Do I have a witness? Yeah, yeah, well, crammers don't know anything about cumulative, so they cram, but when, when, it's, when it's cumulative, that means now you gotta remember everything that was taught in that subject because by the time you get to the final, you best, you best believe they're gonna have something from the first test cumulatively in the last test. Do I have a witness? And in most subjects, the, the first test is part of the makeup to get to the last test. So if you got to figure something out formula-wise, you got to know something about the first and the mid to get to the final. And, and what happens in our lives spiritually is that God proposes 
permits and even places us in real-time positions to be tested. God, God is going to test the authenticity of what we say. Do I have a witness? And, and, and it's in this context that um, he wants to design, deepen, and disclose to us things about our walk, our wisdom, and, amen, our worship, amen, as we live this life on an everyday, practical basis. And the book of James is reminiscent of the book of Proverbs because it, it is a practical emphasis on knowledge and godly behavior. The theme throughout is practical faith of the believer in Jesus Christ. Now, as we formulate this thematic thrust, James deals with this practical uh, factor of faith. And James was the half-brother of Jesus Christ, meaning he had the same mother but not the same, I mean, he had the same, he had the same mother but not the same father. And he wrote, he was the pastor at the church at Jerusalem, Acts 15. And while Jesus was walking earth, James didn't even believe in Jesus, his brother that he was the Messiah, the Christ. He came to know him at a later date. And when we look at James, this book of James, it's interesting that James begins, listen, with a precept. Now, we, we have, for the last three weeks, we've been moving in these metaphorical positions. What first, we talked about Joseph from Genesis 37 to 50, and we used the word metaphorically place, that every place that Joseph was at or visited, we too have to visit. Amen? Remember that? Uh, uh, and, and then we went to the valley of dead bones with Ezekiel, and we moved from place to process. And, and that when, when God raises us, and, uh, you know, eschatologically, when God raises us, when he resurrects us, it doesn't stop there. Then we are restored. We are, Lord have mercy, regenerated. We we, we, are, we are resuscitated, and, and then, amen, we, we are enriched as God performs, bringing things together that were broken, that were apart. Those bones were battered, bruised, broken, brittle, and God was bringing everything apart. But it began with him getting us up. And you who were dead, remember that, Ephesians 2, in trespasses and sins has he now quickened, made alive. So we, we, we trace the line from Genesis. In, in the beginning, God Elohim, the plurality of God, created Barak, called into existence something out of nothing, ex nihilo, amen. He called everything to existence, and he, he created the heavens and the earth, and, and the earth was void, darkness, uh, wreck and ruin, and Isaiah 45, 18 tells us God doesn't create anything, wreck and ruin, so something must have taken place. And we believe that Satan fell, Lucifer fell from heaven and darkened, but the only place he darkened was the earth. He didn't, he didn't darken God's throne. Do I have a witness? And, and, and so one of the things we said, and the spirit, amen, spirit is in the neuter in the Greek, but it's always in the masculine, in the pronoun, and the spirit moved. And, and, and changed the wreck and the ruin to order. And God does that in our lives. When he, when he looks at us and see darkness and dysfunction, when he looks at us and see wreck and ruin, he moves and he starts transforming us. And it is a process and it's done by light and life. In the beginning was the word, John 1, 1, and the word was God and the word was with God. The with preposition denotes equality. And without him was not anything made that was made. He's the creative God. And John goes on to say, and in him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light of every man that cometh into the world. And listen to this. And the darkness could not overtake the light. Darkness can never overtake the light. And, and he's talking about the light, of course, of Jesus Christ. And then we moved eschatologically from John 1 to John 11 about Lazarus, who was dead, raised by Jesus, the resurrection, decomposition, rigor mortis had already set in. Come on now. The body was stinking. Remember Martha said, by this time he stinks. 
So what Jesus did at the graveside was to prove that he was God the Son and the Son of God, he stood in front of everybody in the town of Bethany and reversed the decomposition. He reversed the decomposition to composition. And then when you get to the 12th chapter, him and Lazarus sitting down eating lunch, clothed in his right mind. And if you save, God going to get you in your right mind. Even though you came to church this morning out of your mind, God, God going to get you clothed in your right mind. It's tight. When we look at this practical faith, there's a precept, principle, and a powerful assertion here. First, the precept is that biblical faith must produce fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. People who say they believe and there's no fruit, we got a problem with what they're saying. Lord, have mercy. The second, we move from the precept to the principle. The principle is this. If you say you have faith, Lord, have mercy, or you say you have belief in the Son of God, Belief, it ought to affect your behavior. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hmm. I believe in Jesus. Well, James says the demons believe in Jesus. And they tremble. Can I get a witness? So, so, so James points out theologically that there is a president's for a biblically proof faith. We got to be careful with this word faith because they are professors and they are possessors. And in the last days before Jesus comes back, the churches will be packed out with professors. And Jesus says, they said, well, Lord, now check this out. When they was at the judgment seat and Jesus had condemned them to hell, There were some who said, well, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not preach in your name? All all of those are works. And Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you in righteousness, the righteousness of God that's through Christ. Now, 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 I'm getting a little meaty here, but I'm trying to convey something. That means that I can perform a work and not know the master. That means I can have a ministry, but not be locked into who he is. Hmm. So what James does in this context, chapter one, we saw a practical faith of perseverance and suffering. Count it all joy when you fall And that word fall and that word when, when does not denote if, when says it's coming. When you and I fall into difficult times, learn by faith to count it all joy. Well, why should I count it all joy when I'm hurting? Because God is fire testing your faith. Lord, have mercy. And you're going to come out of this with joy. Can I get a witness? Joy unspeakable. So, so every difficulty in the life of the believer is translated into joy, in, in, into victory. He, 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 he's talking about a practical faith, amen, in the perseverance of suffering, and then, amen, it produces a maturity of joy. Then there's a test in James, early chapters, of responding to the word of God. And, 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 and I don't want don't, don't to rush through this, but we're dealing with this in core. Uh, the fact of the matter is, I keep telling you about this word faith, and I know you had it on a women's retreat. We had it back here. The fact of the matter is, is that a flippant faith um, is just a bunch of words. Listen, your heart and my heart is the soil where the seed, word of God, given by the sower, God, is planted. If the heart, if the soil is not cultivated turned upside down, given nutrients, it cannot germinate, although God's word is coming in. 
it all is predicated on the condition of our hearts. Oh man, this thing is deep. So the job of the church is not just to hoop and holler and entertain. The job of the church is to plant seed, but also to cultivate, Lord have mercy, to disciple, to develop, to disclose, to help, amen, the soil of people's hearts. Lord have mercy. And that's why we have all these Bible studies and all this uh, uh, emphasis on teaching. And, 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 and so, and so, and so, James starts to highlight this thing. You know, you could be in church all your life and live like hell. Because church was a club, church was an auxiliary, church was a place to belong to, but the word never got in me. And, and it's not that you have the word, does the word have you? Is what, is what we, we have to uh, kind of understand. Now hang in there with me because it's a lot here. I'm coming in. Uh, he, there's a test of impartial love. Uh, there's, there's, there's all kind of tests in the book of James. And, 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 and it's interesting that when we start looking at these tests, and you go back, you can go back to 1 John, I mean, don't turn, but in 1 John, 1 John gives us a formula for godly fellowship. Hmm. If, conditional, if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. But if we confess our sins, say the same thing that God says, he, amen, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word if is big in 1 John. Amen. And, 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 and so John 2 is presenting a series of tests to deal with the authenticity of one's not so much relationship, but fellowship. You got this? So, 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 so child of God, by the time we get here in in James, his, his objective through the power of the Holy Spirit is to motivate, mature, and help us, listen, to manage our lives. So we are confronted with different tests. That is in, in James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, we see the test of our tongue with our words. Now, look, look in this text, when our words wound, wounds others, amen, and are not in line with our godly walk, we tend to fracture, set on fire, and we're full of poison. I, I, three F's, we can make this simple. Amen. And, you know, our words become viral. We, amen. You know, I, I'm, I'm careful. When I used to counsel married couples, that I made sure that I stayed, amen, I, I, I didn't side with either one. I tried to, the only objectivity I can give is to be honest with both. Are you getting me? E even though you know who's causing trouble. <laughs> Typically the one doing all the talking. They're the ones. The ones that's quiet, they're angry. They done heard this before. It's tight. I, I must have been, I shared this with you, I must have been uh, eight, nine years old, man. My dad, God bless his soul, his six kids, well, at the time it was four of us, he said, come on, guys, I'm going to take you up to Palm Prees and buy all of you sneakers and shoes for school. So we, we walked up to Palm Prees and uh, stair steps, just like that. And we got in this big shoe store on Palm Prees. Never forget it. Everybody went down. We, we sat down. And this real pretty woman, boy, she was pretty. She said, sir, can I help you? My dad said, yeah, I'd like to get some shoes and sneakers. And, you know, I, I'm, getting I'm, I'm getting fitted for some PF flyers or whatever they were. <laughs> Three pair for $6. You know what I mean. <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. And, uh, and, I, and I heard her and my dad over there giggling and giggling and giggling. So. You know, we went home. My mother said, how'd you make out? He said, good. So I said, mommy? I said, daddy was talking to this pretty woman. They were just giggling. My father said, what did I tell you? <laughs> I went home and dropped the dime on him. They, they go back and forth. Oh, I said, oh, Lord. The tongue. 
even them gangs in South Philly, you drop a dime on somebody, they all going to get you. They all going to get you. The tongue, the tongue, the tongue, the tongue. Our tongues mm, can mess us up. Now, James starts in chapter 3, verse 1 with teachers. Be not many teachers or preachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. He's dealing with uh, doctrine, diligence, and decency. Here, be careful you don't misuse the word for personal reasons. The, the word is for God. The word is not for you to impress. Yeah, and, 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 and then he says, for in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word. The same is a mature, teleos, perfect man, and able to bridle the whole body. So here's what I learned about even Deacon Carter across the street, old great, one of our great godly deacons. He said, Pastor, an empty wagon makes a lot of noise. When nothing's on the back of the wagon, when nothing's in here, The fact, the fact of the matter is, is that what James starts to home in on, and, and I want to, in verse 3 is, we put bits in the horse's mouth to stare it. We have, a, we, have a, uh, we, we have a small device that stares ships to helm, and it helps to govern wherever the ship's gone, but it's small, and, and, the, imp, and the, imp, the implication is that the, 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 the tongue is small, but it can start a lot of mess. See, here's the thing with words that we don't understand. We, and we can, we can use some words, Doc. Oh, yeah. There's some words I use I regret. Um, they're, they're just words that, uh, you know, that come up. Where do they come from? Interesting. First of all, some of our words come from our fractures. What do you mean by fractures? Well, I may need acceptance. I need appreciation and attention. I, I'm messed up in how I feel about myself. I don't like myself. I don't, I got a low self-esteem. So let me use my mouth to create attention and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Honey, did you hear? Yeah. All right, here we go. Baby, I'll call you later. That's hot. Mm-hmm. Our own fractures, and you know, that's why, listen, 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 listen. I got a saying, there's three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. I, you know, I don't have time to try to figure out What's wrong with somebody else? I'm working overtime trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Do I have a witness? I don't have time to get in your backyard, your business, how you pay your bills, where your money's coming from, where, 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 who, who you were seen with. I ain't got time for that mess. That's not juicy to me. That's joyless. I ain't got time for that mess. Because if God start marking iniquities, who going to stand? Can I get away? See, the problem is we think we're better than we really are. That's what gives us license. You got a license to carry a weapon that you shouldn't be carrying. I can't talk to you about you laying up when I knew I laid up. I can't, I can't talk to you about, amen, what you, come on, I'm preaching up in this place now. When, when, see, you cannot throw stones like we see in this political race when you live in a glass house. If you live in a glass house, shut up. Don't be sitting up there throwing stones in you, and when they throw back, they find out something about you. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 8, when they caught the woman in the act of adultery, uh, he said, let him that is without sin. You cast the first stone. Yeah. And everybody put their stones down and went away. Hmm. 
Fact, fact of the matter is, our fractures causes us to gossip. It's not only, and, and, and see, here's the thing, here's the thing. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to get off this. Uh, did you hear? I don't want to hear. I, I, I don't need to hear. I don't care. Just pray for him. Isn't that right? Now, now, now which sounds like it's from Jesus? Child, email me. Or how about this? Let's just pray for him. Sister Gordon told our children as they were coming up three important things. I appreciate it. Uh, before you open your mouth, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Something like that. Great policy. Didn't help, but great policy. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Because they opened their mouth anyhow, so did I. I'm going to get this off my chest. If it kills me, it might kill you. And, and, and so our historical issues, our fractures, I went in the store years ago, man. This is, this is 20 something years ago. And St. Matthew's was booming, man. I went in the store, I was looking at something. And this, this old, this deacon walked up to me and said, hey, ain't you the pastor? I said, yeah. He said, you know, I got something to say to you. I said, you ain't got nothing to say to me. I said, you better bounce. You better bounce, dog. You ain't got nothing to say to me. And, and all that stuff came back from the streets. Come, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Won't stuff from the streets come back in church, on your job, in your home? It's tight. But then, but then, but then, but he says in verse 5 and 6, he says, but the tongue is a little member, boasts of great things. Most of them are lies. Now, those of you that have been under this ministry 20, 30, something, you know, uh, you understand. Y'all heard me say the same stories. But like the temptations, it's growing. I played baseball. The first home run was 300 feet. Now when I tell it, it's 450 feet. I, I just keep stretching it. And, and those of you that have been here saying, that's another 50 yards. I heard this one in 1988. That's another 50 yards. The, the, the home run keeps going further. Hyperbole. Lie. Exaggeration. Went to the convention and, and we were talking to preachers, pastors. They said, yeah, man, we had a great Sunday. I preached and the whole church got saved. I said, listen to this. What kind of mess is that? What kind of mess is that? Anyway, we were right along. Don't we have a need for the dramatic? Mm. Thank you, Jesus. My Lord. He moves to the fire, verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defiled the whole body, set it on fire the course of nature, and set on fire, and the fire is from hell. That, that means your tongue can start something you can't put out. Can I get a witness? You can, you can use that tongue the wrong way, and once the stuff gets started, remember Smokey the Bear? He come in the forest and say, what, what, what did he used to say? I, I forgot what he used to say. We, I'm telling my age now. What did he used to say? <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Remember that? Uh, it's, it started with a match, and, and the whole forest is on fire. You can start one rumor. You can have one opinion and set a whole fire. Do I have a witness? And, and here's what we don't understand. God hates the divisive tongue. When you start dividing his people, his sheep, Holy Spirit is on his way, Doc. You cannot divide that which belongs to God. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. And may, maybe, maybe looking at all this, I'm reflecting, maybe that was the way we were raised. My mother and father, they didn't give. She had six kids. They, they never gave four and five beatings. It was one beating everybody. 
They taught us team. Didn't they teach us team? <laughs> taught us team. Taught us team. Well, well, you're the oldest. You should know better. Remember, remember that? Ain't nobody going out till every room is clean. Remember that? Lord, have mercy. You know, in the military, when you failed inspection, they had them pillow fights. Whoever it was, they turned the lights out and beat the daylights out of them. Now, I'm not saying the members ought to do that. So if we can't pay a bill, you, did you tithe? No. But, 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 but what I am suggesting, Lord have mercy, it's going on TV too. But, but what I am suggesting is that we have a oneness where we don't set something on fire that destroys somebody else. Like their reputation, like, like, get on the job, man. And the job is the place. The job is the place, Doc. Everybody got an opinion. Interesting that we look at James and he deals with the fracture, he deals with the fire, but he deals with being full of poison. My God. What do you mean by that? Well, if I'm full of poison, it's a continuous problem. <clears throat> I am poisoning everybody I come in contact with. And then he gives you this illustration. Can a fountain give you fresh and salt water? The answer is no. So, so the practical faith, the practical uh, implication of the scripture is, amen, that God wants to test our tones. And, and, and that, that's, going, that's going to uh, humble you. That's going to help, help you. Amen. Uh, you know, my thing is sarcasm. I really think sarcasm is funny. But it's not one of the fruit of the spirit. That's that seven years in the military. What you use your head for? A hat rack? What's wrong with you, soldier? You know, da 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 da. And uh <laughs> Lord have mercy. So when I get ready to be sarcastic or joke, the Holy Spirit said, Hold it up. Hold it up and, and recheck what you're about to say because it might wreck somebody else. And the, here's the deep part, Romans 14, you go home, the weak and stronger brother, the, strong, the, 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 the weaker brother is at fault, but the stronger brother has an obligation not to offend them. Your jokes, that could be part of that fire coming out of your tongue. Isn't that right? My God. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty, you know. Gained a lot of weight and went in the store in Philly and the girl I went to school with, she said, man, you gained a lot of weight. I said, your mother. <laughs> Walked away. I said, I shouldn't have said that, Lord. I did just like church folk. I shouldn't have. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Inchkadu. So now, before the reaction from a fragmented, fiery, full of poison spirit comes out, I'm checking it at the door. I'm guarding my mouth. Are y'all getting this? How many of you find it difficult to guard your mouth? Raise your hand. That's right. Be honest. Because the rest of them lying. Put your hand up. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I, sh I shouldn't have said that. Oh, my God, I shouldn't have said that. Huh? And then some of you are so crazy. Yeah, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> See you in heaven. Pray for me. I'm just preaching the Bible. 
The second test, let's get off this one. <laughs> the second test is the test of our uh, temperaments. Verse 13, 313, our wisdom. Now, 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 now we're going to get hot. We're going to get real hot. I'm going to give you some insights to this verse. James is now talking about discernment between the wisdom that come out of heaven and the wisdom come out of hell. And it's not as simple as you think it is. Because Satan can transform himself into an angel of light and make you think it's from God. You praying, he can make you think the answer's from God. Can I get away? You waiting, he can make you think, amen, your waiting is on God. When it's not. Now, theologically, listen to pastor, there is something that's permeating this age. It's called existentialism. Existentialism is a term used, listen, for me to have an experience over the exposition of the word. The danger is I need to feel something. And when I stop feeling it, it's time to get out of here. Oh, I'm preaching now, Doc. Existentialism is so dangerous because, and I'm concerned about some of our millennials and some of our uh, 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 baby boomers and some of our ex. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned because what's going on, what's permeating society is I can say that I believe in him. I can say that I know him, but I don't have to go to church to prove my love for him. Social media brings everything right into my lap in a matter of seconds. I don't need to wait on God. I need to just go into Google. This thing is deep. I don't need to be committed for life to one person. I need, amen, to feel comfortable or this ain't the right one. It tears down every belief system that our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents came up under. Where the grandfather was in the streets doing whatever he wanted to do, and the grandmother, amen, she was in church as a mother of the church, and she said, you know, he's acting up, but I made a promise to the Lord. So if I'm looking for experience, over the exposition of the word, then now let's listen to this deduction, the uh, deductive uh, analysis. Now the word is no longer the authority. My feelings are the authority. So when your children get in their 20s and their 30s and you still got that fire burning, baby, when's the last time you've been to church? Ah, oh, come on, I, I, I'll get there. I, I, you know. I know there's a falling away, but you, you understand what I'm saying? They're growing up with this social media uh, concept of what have you done for me lately? And they're testing all systems of what works. And my Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There's no evidence, Lord have mercy, amen. There's no experience. I just choose based on his word to believe God when I don't feel it, when I don't, come on now, y'all can talk back to me, when I don't understand it, I just choose to believe God. Abraham, get up and go. Where am I going? Don't worry about it. Just go. He was going not knowing where he was going. That's why I'm so critical about doctrine. Because we are in this intipid, lukewarm environment. And these kids today are more intelligent than we were, but they're weaker. They're more intelligent, but they're weaker. I'm going to say it again. They're more intelligent, but they're weaker. They can run rings around your head. 
when it comes to intellectualism and it comes to college courses and it comes to, amen, the internet and, and it comes to social media, they can run circles around you. I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone calling and texting. I'm just learning how to Google. I haven't used half of the software I got. I went in the bank. I sat there. They said, hey, Pastor Gordon, how you doing? Uh, can I help you? I said, I, I want to get a balance on my account. Well, you could have got that on your phone. You didn't have to come up in here. I said, give me a balance on my account. I'll sit here. So, so you guys laugh at me. Uh, he won't even go on the phone to get out. Uh, yeah, he won't, he won't, he won't access. Uh, somebody teach him that uh, I feel sorry for pastor. Now they're coming out saying everything's been compromised. They got all your personal business. They know all your personal accounts. Now you look like the fool. Now, every time you're on your phone, you checking. I had $5 in there yesterday. Let me see if I still got $5 in there today. I ain't worrying about that stuff. Because the only thing I do is hello. And when I text, I'm making mistakes so they know I'm a novice. Y'all pull up your phones. Y'all got the way to heaven, the way to hell. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AT&T just bought or well, Time Warner and uh, uh, 50-something billion dollar. Yeah, I got all the information's in my lap. You know, too much information to mess you up anyhow. All you got to do is lose that phone, then you're going to die. I can't, I can't, I can't find my phone. You see my, you see, you see my phone. I can't find it. I can't, I can't, I can't find my phone. I can't, I can't. I have my phone. Where is it? Where is it? I, just like a fool. I hope they don't get my pin number. I hope they don't have my passcode. I, my, my, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone. Can't even pray without your phone. You on your knees talking to Jesus like this. <laughs> then when you get ready to get up, you take a selfie. <laughs> and transmit it to somebody that you were on your knees praying. What kind of mess is that? And I'm all for technology. I'm just behind. But if I got to live like that, let me stay behind. And if you don't forget anything else, you ain't going to forget to charge that baby. <laughs> baby, will you plug the lamp in? I can't put my makeup on. My phone is in. <laughs> Woo! We are addicted. I told you, I, I'm struggling because one day I went on my phone to get, I, I, put in the, I put in Google, Philadelphia Eagles. I put Philadelphia 76 and I'm trying to get some information. And I'm, I'm going down reading, okay, okay, okay. Next thing I see this woman's picture come up. Press here. I said, what's it got to do with the Eagles? If I had pressed it, I would have flown somewhere. <laughs> Y'all ain't getting this. Um, tight. Tight, 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 tight. Tight, 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 tight. Well, baby, who is this that just emailed you? They got the wrong number. But it's tight, it's tight. Check it out. Here we go. The temperament. Ah. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good life his works with meekness of wisdom. But now here's what he does. He first lays out a divine amen disclosure, good conduct. See, here's the thing. The problem with the times we live in is that they have no absolutes. 
it's all situation ethics. If you had philosophy 101, you had situation ethics. Situation ethics means every situation brings its own ethics. There, there's, no, there's no predetermined ethics that covers every situation. Are you, are you getting this? There's no principles from the word of God about how I should live. It's deep. And look what he says. He moves from the divine to the demonic, 14 to 16. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, that means you're full of hell. And else, yeah, no, 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 let's, let's call it what it is. Glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descend is not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. It comes right out of hell. All right? For where envy and strife is, there is what? Confusion every word. God is not the God of confusion. You can paint it any way you want it. He's not the God of confusion. If confusion is hanging around all the time, there are some demonic doctrines in place. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then he contrasts with the divine dimension of demeanor, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. People that have favorites are hypocrites. And I, I say it all the time in church. Two people can do the same thing, but the ones you like, they get away with murder. Or you make excuses for them. The ones you don't like, you condemn. Partiality means, depending on who I'm talking about, determines my outcome. Can't be that way. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and God says, impartiality is God is, is ungodly. It's ungodly. You can't have favorites in this business. Uh, doth a fountain send forth the same water, same place. So James is closing out. I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 15. But the wisdom that's from above and the fruit of righteousness, verse 18, is sown in peace of them that make peace. So it's pure, peaceable, profitable, without partiality, without pollution, and it's peaceful. Then Paul, then, then, then James throws in free at cost, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and, and that is, where's all this hell coming from? From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Are they not coming from within you? Does it matter if I change wives or if I change husbands or if I change churches? And I'm walking around with a whole bunch of hell in me. Does it matter where I go or who I'm with? No. The hell is not being caused from the outside in. The hell is being caused from the inside out. We got conflict within ourselves. Ah. Mm. Verse 2, you lust, you have not, you kill, you desire to have, you cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask for the wrong thing at the wrong time. And God, God says that this temperance of our lives has to be discerned. Like, where is this stuff coming from? Where, where, where is it coming from? Where all my hostility, all my anger, all my, all my bitterness... Being angry, being mad all the time. And where, where is it all coming from? Could it be that there's a pocket of polluted matter in you? And it doesn't matter who's, who you're with. You're going to destroy it. Doesn't matter who you're with. You're going to destroy it. You're going to destroy the marriage. You're going to destroy the ministry. You're going to destroy the mind. I don't care what position we put you in. If you are not clear of this contamination, you're going to destroy whatever you come in contact with. Amen. The emphasis is that God wants to heal us. Do I have a witness? God, God wants to bring a healing to all of us. And then finally, the test of our triumph. This is going to be quick. Chapter 4, verse 7, 10. Hmm. Verse 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore, and wherefore or therefore, depending on your translation, God 
resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Now, uh, I, I have preached James numerous times. Those of you who have been here know how I preached it. And, and here's, here's the thing I want to, I want. he says, he giveth grace unto the humble. Now, the word humble in the Greek has 10 imperative words connected to it. Amen. How to receive saving grace and what it means to be humble. 10 things which are in a text, 10 ingredients to this one word humble. Where God is saying, if I'm going to bless you, you got to get humble. You got to become humble. Now, humility is not you wearing some corny suit. Amen. And, and look, looking like somebody from 1700s and Amen. Putting your arms together in front of you and, oh, Lord, holy God. That ain't humble. humble. Humility's got to do with the heart. Do I have a witness? Now, now let's, 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 let's try to put this together. There are 10 uh, important prerequisites, imperatives in the Greek, meaning you must do it. First, verse 7, submit, hubotasso, submit, get low, get low, get under rank. Submit yourselves, therefore, to who? God, I need to get under rank to you. Resist is the second one. The devil, take a stand. You, devil, you're not tripping me up anymore. Resist, submit, resist. Listen, draw near, verse 8, to God. Pursue an intimate relationship with him. Don't see him as your Sunday buddy. I'm preaching up in this place. That I may know him, Philippians 3.10, in the power. We, 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 we got to solicit a intimate relationship. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Look, cleanse your hands. This comes from a picture of the Old Testament ceremonial priest who had to clean up himself before he went into the presence of God. Get clean. Ah, purify your hearts. Give some external behavior that you're clean. Purify, purify. Are you with me? Ye double-minded. Notice he says, purify the double-mindedness of your life. You're going in both directions. You're trying to do this and this at the same time. It won't work. And lament. Lord, have mercy. Be afflicted means lament. Uh, uh, be wretched. Be miserable in your spiritual state. See yourself the way God sees you. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. Mm. I'm a miserable, no good, self-afflicted, afflicting, wretched man. Mourn, be broken, be contrite. Start, start, start mourning on the inside. Blessed are those in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek. Yeah, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. You, you see that your spirituality is poor. Do I have a witness? Mourn, weep, laughter. Don't, don't be flippant like the world with God. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. And then he says, humble huh? yourselves. In the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Now, 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 because you belong to a teaching ministry, the next time you, you want to humble yourself before God, take these 10 things out of James and get on your knees and actualize them. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting, I'm getting low under your mighty hand. You're, you're the God of the universe, Lord. I'm resisting the devil. I'm stop letting him take advantage of me and deceive me and make me a victim. Lord, I'm, I want to draw near to you. I want to pursue you in an intimate relationship. Uh, Lord, I want to cleanse myself ceremoniously as a priest in the Old Testament. Lord, I want to purify your hearts. Lord, I want to lament, be afflicted, wretched, miserable. I want to mourn. I want to be broken and contrite. I want to weep outwardly, a manifestation of my sorrow. I want to stop laughing and become sad. And then I want to get low. Now listen to this. 
ten imperatives in the Greek. When, when, when you do all of that, and the Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Now, this is in the Lord's sight. Lord, have mercy. In the Lord's sight. 1987, I came here. I didn't come in the door with no vision. That's faulty. When you hear a pastor say that, that's all manufactured. When I got here, I prayed and said, Lord, what is it you want me to do with this church? Church of 100, 125, good people. What do you want me to do? And I got witnesses that are here. I called down to Ocean City, got me a room, went in the room for two days, Friday and Saturday, and cut the TV off, didn't watch it, took the phone off the hook, had my Bible, took my clothes off, got on the floor, and for two days, all I did was pray and listen to the voice of the Lord. Strip naked, Lord, show me. I came back and told the church, you had from the church, yeah, he might have stripped naked, but yeah, whatever, whatever. I got a vision from God. I heard God, but I had to move all the mess in order to hear God. Are y'all getting me? I couldn't be watching television and answering cell phones and all that. I had to move the mess and listen to God. And God gave me a vision. Didn't he give me a vision? Look around. Didn't he give me a vision? Didn't he give me a vision? It, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. But child of God, here's what I uh, I'm closing there. Uh, 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 humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall. Not he might. He will lift you up. Now, the phrase lift up means he's going to promote you, provide for you, protect you. Can I get a witness? He just wants you to get low. He wants you to stop depending on yourself. He wants you to stop coming up with the answers. He, he wants you to already have a made-up mind where you're trying to go and how to get there. He just wants you to give out and let him get in. Can I get a witness and child of God? When God is in control, watch out. When God is in control, he opens up red seas. When God is in control, he gives lions locked jaw. When God is in control, can I get a witness? He'll give you a stream underground that the enemy can't see. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Your cup of joy will run over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Can I get a witness? See ya. If the Lord is on your side, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is great. He's worthy. Anywhere He's worthy to be praised. See ya. See ya. See ya. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Trust in the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground, all of the ground, all of the ground is sinking sand. You better hear what I'm saying this morning. He's able. Isn't God able? He's able. <laughs> Let me snatch some of these superlatives out of the sky. He's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think to the only wise God our Savior. Say yeah, say yeah, say yeah. The test of the tone, the test of the temperament, the test of my triumph. You want triumph? Get low, boy. You ain't low enough. You've been down there 15 minutes, but you ain't low enough. Get so low. Get so low that I start pulling you up. Get so low that I start answering your prayers. 
get so low that I give you a joy that you never had before. Can I get a witness? Any good? Any good? Hallelujah, he's good. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Stand on our feet. Eyes, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, God the Son, wants to save you. Simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that he died for your sins and confess him as Lord, that he can save you. Is there one? Just raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. Don't go to hell. Give your life to Christ in true faith. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. Raise your hand. Is there one? Praise the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on up here, brother. Come on. Bless the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. Is there another? Come on. We wait. We wait. Come on. Is there another? Come on up. They join in every week. They come in here every week. Bless the Lord. Thank you, man.